<laughs> you know it's going to start out a fun interview when the guest is already laughing. So welcome to Plateau Partners Pulse. I am joined by Jennifer Harris. Hello, Miss Stacy. It is going to be fun because Jennifer is a friend. She is a neighbor twice over. And she happens to be my Veep. Your Veep. I love it. I mean, you know, you're my Veep. I am. I'm your person. Mm -hmm. You are my person. Mm -hmm. So this interview, hopefully we actually get something out of it other than giggles. That sounds like a good plan. I got lots to say. Oh, of course she does. (laughs) And, um, you know, a chart and everything, I'm sure. I I am prepared, (laughs) if nothing else. So Jennifer, what is your business name and what is it you do? So my business name is Look Within HR Consulting, and I am an HR consultant. So I work with small businesses primarily and provide them all various sorts of HR support from a more strategic HR perspective. And I know eventually later we'll talk a little bit more about the details of what that looks like. Yes, we will. Do you focus on any location for your business or are you all over the east side? Like, where are you? Yeah, so most of my clients are within the King County area. So the greater Seattle area, I would say. However, given the recent pandemic, we've, you know, I like most have gone 100% virtual. So I am able to support folks outside the area. But I will say that from kind of a legal and compliance standpoint, Washington State is probably where my sweet spot is. Makes sense. And actually, the pandemic, it doesn't really matter because the point is having almost an offsite HR department or, you know, consultant. And so I'm sure it's worked quite nicely with what you do anyway. Yes, it's been a very easy transition for me. I was I was very virtual before, but now I'm 100% virtual. And there's essentially been no difference in terms of how I'm working with my clients and what their needs are. Those, I mean, their needs have changed, but the way in which I work with them has not changed at all. Nice. You like smooth transitions during yes. rocky times. Yes, we do. So how long have you been in BNI? I have been in BNI for just over th- well, three and a half years now. Okay. Yeah. And what do you appreciate most about BNI in general? I appreciate the fact that we are such a diverse group. And we're diverse, but yet we come together as a very collective group for the greater good. You always hear about givers gain as our motto. And I just, I really believe that this particular group anyways, that Plateau Partners that we're in is is just, does that really well, I guess is the best way to say it. Look at you. You answered two questions in one. <gasps> I did? Yeah. Because I'm prepared. It's because you're prepared and because <laughs> you're all about like economy of like process, right? I'm trying. I'm trying. So the words like, no, and trust, just like giver's gain, that is three words that is very closely associated with BNI. Mm-hmm. What are three words that would you would say are associated with you. Yeah. So full disclosure, I knew Stacy was going to ask this question. <laughs> so uh, just in being who I am, I wasn't super comfortable coming up with my own. So I asked my clients for some words that they would use to describe me, which is good too. That's good. So here's a few of them, what they said. So I was purposeful, authentic, professional, knowledgeable, insightful, and highly engaged. Nice, huh? Wow. I know. It gave me goosebumps when I got those. You didn't even alphabetize them. I No, not this time. (laughs) (laughs) She's also a good sport. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Now, what is something that your clients or a prospective client may not know about you, but it might create a a point of connection? 
Yes, these are fun things to talk about, right? So things that people wouldn't know or even clients wouldn't know about me. One of the things is that I have supported clients from an HR perspective around the globe. So anywhere from clients that were in China, Korea, Japan, to more of Western Europe. So Ireland, Germany, France, as well as all over the United States. The sun does not set on your domain. No, it does not. So, and I loved, I loved working with people in other parts of the world because you get to know so many different cultures and so many different ways of the ways that people want to work. It was it was very enriching. Well, I'm career. sure that HR varies based on culture too. Oh, absolutely. So that's absolutely. interesting. Mm-hmm. It was really neat. Yeah. Okay. Anything okay, else? I've got more. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. So this is hot off the press. So I am now a contributing author to a best-selling book. It is the One Habit for a Thriving Home Office. And I'm chapter 63 if you're interested in going out there and checking it out. So that's the brand new biggest thing that wow. my clients or most people don't know. That's so yeah. exciting. And that's that was so never cool. on my list of plans, but it was very exciting. So now we have a couple best-selling authors in our chapter. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's exciting. All right. Yep. Any more? Yes. So based on this conversation so far, you never would have guessed it because so far I'm talked about preparations and plans and process, right? But I actually really prefer to work and live in the gray. No day is the same. I don't like to eat the same thing every day. I have to have something different for every meal every day. No leftovers. I like to live in the gray, man. You are a freaking hippie. Uh, No. (laughs) No, and for those who, (laughs) because this is a podcast and people cannot see me, uh, they would see that that's actually pretty funny because, no, I'm not a hippie. No, you're not a hippie. Oh, we forgot one more interesting thing. Oh, all right. Okay, ready? So before I was in HR, what did I do? I had a prior career in politics. I worked in politics in Washington, D.C. Yes, you did. Mm -hmm. And I think that that has definitely. In, been infused into your path. Absolutely. I suspect we'll talk about that. Yeah, we, we will. I'll make sure we do. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a politician <laughs> trying to get your agenda pushed forward. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. So politics in D.C., that's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, next question. Okay. Very important. What would you say are one or two of your top most frequently asked questions? Let's see. That is a good question. Um, I think one of them would be clients that say, I've heard this a lot. So I've been doing my own hiring and firing for a long time. Why do I need an HR person? And they've been doing it a long time. They're very comfortable with it. And the, and the answer that I very quickly give is because you need someone in between those times, right? In between, there is so much that happens from the moment you decide to hire someone till the moment that you fire them or terminate them or separate, go your separate ways. You need someone there. So it's for everything in between. The second one, hmm, there's a couple ones that I would say, but I think it's more around they kind of ask that question, other than hiring and firing, how can I use your services, right? They don't really understand what I do beyond that, which mm-hmm. is so much more. And we will go into talking about that later. But the interesting thing that people don't think about is that I'm really that neutral third party and I'm a sounding board for my clients. And so I am a resource for them because a lot of my clients are leaders or owners, business owners. Mm-hmm. And I always say it's lonely at the top. 
right? There's not a lot of people you can trust to be totally open with. And so I am a sounding board for them to call and just say, hey, what do you think about this idea? Or maybe to vent because you can't say a lot of things, right? And nowadays, so they can call me and say, just off the record, da, 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 right? And Mm -hmm. vent and I can help give them avenues or ways to handle it or I can not say anything at all and just listen, but be a confidential safe place. So the sounding board is, is a service, I guess, in a way that I offer that, that many don't think about. Which is, I mean, it's, it's a big thing. And I think having that sounding board is really important. And people don't realize that having that, you know, you don't have to have your ducks in a row and have everything set up before you work with somebody. Sometimes having a sounding board is also like, okay, I'm trying to, I've reached a point where now it's no longer just me. Now it's, you know, I'm going to be bringing on somebody else and then, you know, a couple somebody else's. And Mm -hmm. so bringing somebody in at that point is really important because then you can make sure that those people are aligned with what your mission and goals are. Yeah. And and what I would just add there is that there are folks that think, oh, I have to get prepared to bring on an HR person or not bring in the mom, but engage a partner, right? You do not need to do anything to call before you call me. If anything, you shouldn't, you should just call me and we should just start talking. And it's nothing more than that. There's no commitment. There's no, it's just having an additional resource, an additional person on your team to help you work through these things. There's no, nothing you need to do to prepare before you get a quote unquote HR person. Well, and frankly, unless it's in your wheelhouse, who doesn't want to offload? Like, Right. That stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? Right. That's and the stuff that makes you want to pull out your hair and curse. A lot of them. Not for me. <laughs> but that's, but that's your why, Yeah. And I and I love it. But for a lot of people, that's right. I can take on things that, that they just don't want to do or that they just they dread. Or they in many cases wait till the last minute to handle because they don't like it. So I can help through all that. Awesome. All right. Well, speaking of curses, that's gonna be our next question. Okay. Jennifer? Mm-hmm. What is your favorite curse word? And I love to say it. Do you say it three times? Uh, pretty much. It's very rare that I will just say it once. It's not emphatic enough. And I say it a lot. I don't even know I say it half the time. I love that. That's so good. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> oh Do you say the and in between them? Uh, no, probably okay. not. So no. it's just straight on. No, okay. it's just for for emphasis in this conversation. Okay. All right. Perfect. (laughs) Well, on that note, we are going to take a quick break. Then we'll be back with Jennifer Harris of Look Within HR Consulting. And we are going to talk about apparently politics and all things HR and Jennifer. Sounds fun. Stay tuned. Do you have a well-established and successful business, but you're starting to feel disengaged and bored? Your spark of energy is barely a flicker and you're starting to wonder what's next or Do I have the energy to keep doing this until I retire? You're not alone. I'm Taryn Loxo with Unlocking Your Potential, and I'll help you find your unique key to unlock your potential and ignite your passion, either through group or private coaching packages. Find out more at unlockingyourpotential.com or by scheduling a free 30-minute coaching session with me at bit.ly forward slash meet with Taryn. Welcome back to Plateau Partners Pulse. I am sitting across the table from Jennifer Harris of Look Within HR Consulting. She is very prepared. I try. She even has like a whiteboard with post-it notes and things. I mean, the ultimate HR move, really. Really? 
because I don't I don't even consider myself to be kind of your typical HR person. I like to have fun. I like to joke around. I like to get to know you. Well, I already know you. But so I but yes, I am prepared today. But you're human and you have resources. <laughs> ah, there you go. See, look what I did there. I know. So speaking of human resources, why? Why human resources? Why, why do you do what why? you do? Yeah. Well, it goes back to when I was young, Stacy. Oh. <laughs> you were born no, and raised. I, yeah, when I was born and raised. No, I grew up. So we talked a little bit about politics already, but I grew up in a in a household where my dad was a politician. And my plan was to go and be a lawyer. Doesn't that sound exciting? I was going to go be a lawyer. And my dad thought, you. he said to me, you'd be such a great lawyer because you, you're so quick to think on your feet, which cracks me up because I'm sitting here with my sticky notes to the right. <laughs> However, <laughs> I that's didn't. preparedness. That's right. Very different. Very different. So I was supposed to be a lawyer. That was the plan. And fast forward to my time at the end of college, it's time to prepare to go apply for law school. And the thought of three more years was just too much for me. I just, I couldn't fathom it. But I had just gotten back from doing an internship in Washington, D.C. And I realized that I could do politics without a law degree. Now, other people take a different path and they think they do it the opposite way. Me, so I graduated from college. I packed up my bags. I got a job with my congressman and I worked on Capitol Hill for a while in an official capacity as a scheduler. And that was an amazing opportunity to kind of see the ins and outs of the political world, how to get things done, how to maneuver all those strategic things that you uh, supposedly hear about that happen mm-hmm. in, with the lawmakers. So I did that for a while. And then I came home to the Northwest. I'm a Northwest girl at heart. And I ran a political campaign. It was a state Senate campaign. And when that was over, did I you was, win or lose? Well, oh. we lost. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I know. But that's okay because it led me to my next steps because I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. And the plan was, well, I didn't want to go to law school then, but I thought in, well, actually in college, I had realized that longer term, I wanted to be a therapist. I wanted to be a marriage and family therapist. But for the second time in my life, I also realized I didn't want to go back to school for more schooling. So I got this random opportunity through a family member that knew someone at Microsoft, and it was to be a recruiting coordinator in college recruiting at Microsoft. I didn't even know what recruiting was or HR was. There's two types of HR people. There's the people that go to college and are in the business school and get an HR degree. And then there's the people that go to college and have no idea what HR is and they just land in it. Well, I like an English major, a poetry major, or in my case, communications and political science. Okay. okay. Yes. So anyways, I went ahead and took this opportunity at Microsoft and Oh, it was so fun. It was a blast. And I started my career through HR there. And I moved on to Washington Mutual. For those of you that remember that good old bank, good old WAMU. And I just, I went through executive recruiting and into HR. And the thing that I found in HR as I started, I consider myself growing up through it, was that it entailed all of the things that I just mentioned that I wanted to do when I quote unquote grew up, which was I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to do legal stuff, aspects. I wanted to be a therapist. Trust me, employee relations is therapy oh and, gosh, and employee investigations. About, right. And it's, it's relationships. It's work. all relationships. So the therapy part was absolutely there. And then the political side, are you kidding me? Corporate America, 
corporate America. That's all I got to say, right? Right. So why HR? Because I found this amazing profession that includes all of the things that I had interest in for my career. And it combined it all together. And so here I am almost 20 years later. I mean, it makes perfect sense. And it it all leans into your zone of genius. Oh, wow. What a compliment. My zone of genius. Right. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Well, you know, it's not your no parking zone. I mean, you've parked in your zone of genius. So it's brilliant. So given the fact that you worked at Washington Mutual, given the fact that you worked at Microsoft, being mm-hmm. the the Pacific Northwest gal that you are, yeah. I mean, those at the time, WAMU was like one of the core businesses that's out here, certainly Microsoft. Yep. Why would you change from these big organizations to your own private organization? Well, Stacy, I'm glad that you asked that question. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Jennifer. No, but it but it is it's so such a pivotal time for me. So I was in corporate America, variety of of large corporations, not just those, but a variety. And I was about 15 years in at that point, and I was under a lot of stress. I was under, I was starting to have a lot of anxiety. I was just, I didn't realize what was happening to me at the time. But now that I look back, it's very clear. As as I was working in this corporate America environments that I was in, I was kind of starting to build the way I think about it is like one of those metal coat of armors where I started getting really tough on the outside. And really, I started not acting like myself. And and eventually the stress that I was under started causing me physical problems. And it took about a year for me to realize it. I was diagnosed with a sleep disorder. I started having aches and pains that I literally was walking around like an old woman. And I was 35 years old. So what I'm saying is the stress literally started to take itself out on my body. And I knew I had to, to make some changes. The question was not about HR. I actually, I just loved HR. It's always been, once I landed in it, it was the right thing. But just the corporate side of of America was just really going against my value system. And so I took a leave of absence, which was really hard for me because that to me, going out on a leave of absence felt weak. It felt like I was showing that I I couldn't hack it. I couldn't, there was Mm -hmm. something wrong, Mm -hmm. but I did it. And as soon as I went out on this leave of absence for a time, all of a sudden that coat of armor, that metal that was weighing me down started to melt away super quickly. And I really quickly realized that it was my time to take a step back and to separate myself from that corporate environment. And I am so thankful for the years of experience and resources and knowledge that I got. Sure. You wouldn't have had so many of the the as you say, the resources that are available and the what to do's, what not to do's. Mm-hmm. I learned so much from leaders, HR leaders, HR peers, but leaders in the businesses that I supported too. And like I mentioned, I traveled all over the world to support clients. I'm so thankful for those opportunities. But what I realized when I went out on that leave of absence was that I needed to make a really big change. And so I realized that I needed to separate, I needed to move on for a period of time. And so This is just a little side note, but kind of a fun story. So because I hadn't done anything for myself, I had young children. I was a professional working a lot of hours. I did something for myself right about that same time is I had been wanting to get a tattoo. I know I'm not a hippie, but I had been wanting to get a tattoo. I'm like for 10 years, not convincing people, but yeah. Okay. Okay. For 10 years. So I went 
And I got that tattoo. And I always thought it would be like a colorful flower had deep meaning behind it. Right. No, I realized at that moment how important words are to me and names and fonts. I've always loved calligraphy. So I went and got a tattoo in honor of my Irish heritage. And it says Feoch Lestig, which you all can't see it. I apologize for the podcast, but Stacy can. And she's seen it many times. It's mm-hmm. on my wrist. And it has Feoch Lestig in Irish. And then it has my, this my star in my hand, handwritten. And it means look within. What? Mm-hmm. It means look within. And so because I always needed to trust my gut, it just took me a while to figure that out. And my intuition has never guided me wrong. And that's what that process helped me to figure out. Now, did you know then that? So was that a no brainer that when you were going to start your own business? Like, oh, of course, it's going to be. Look oh, within. my goodness. The opposite. Far, far from it. Isn't it funny? Sometimes it's the things that are quite literally like under our nose or I don't know, on our wrist, on our under our watch band that are the things that we need to see. And, you know, we've already manifested it, but we're not paying attention to it. Yeah. Well, and at that point in my life, it was such a deeply personal thing. It was so it was it was about me. Like I said, I hadn't done anything really in honor of myself for so long that at that moment, making that big shift to to move away from corporate America, but yet how am I going to do HR? Cause this is what I know and love was a big deal for me. And so it was deeply personal. So, um, yes, becoming, I'm sure we'll get to it, um, in terms of how I name my company, but yeah, no, at that time, not a chance. So interesting. And you call it a coat of armor. And I almost think of it as like a, like you build up a scab, like mm-hmm. when you've hurt yourself and there's some kind of an infection and that's below the surface or somehow you're sick, you build up this scab that's supposed to protect. However, if you keep irritating it, it continues to, you know, it comes off and it continues to build and so yep. on and so forth. Yep, and it's absolutely. until you start really like clearing it all out and caring for it, mm-hmm. that's only when, you know, this like fresh skin can start. And so that's really what you did. Yeah. And that, and that scab gets that fresh air, right? For me, it was like, I was kind of opening my eyes and looking around and going, oh, not everyone works in corporate America and they've figured out other ways to survive and create a living for themselves and their families. And they look like they're happy too. So it was, it was eye opening for sure. That's interesting. Well, and essentially HR is supposed to be of the people, by the people, for the people. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's what you're doing. Absolutely. So you talk a lot about with your clients being a strategic partner in HR. Mm -hmm. So explain what that means. Yeah. So, I mean, strategy is a term that you hear used all over the place. And I hate to, to overuse it, but it's the best way that I can describe how I'm unique or different in terms of how I work with my clients. So I mentioned earlier that I work primarily with small businesses. So professional small businesses that, you know, have anywhere from a couple employees up to, you know, 50 or 100, essentially. And some of the things that I really like to work with them on are things that are that are broader reaching. Understanding the first thing that I do when I go in and work with a client is I understand what are your business goals and how are you working to achieve them? And that's, of course, in addition to understanding what their culture is from the get-go. So from those two things, everything that I do when I work with my clients is in service to helping support achieving those business goals and also 
helping to try and fit in and, and massage through that culture that they have established. And so in doing that, there's a lot of strategic work to be done. So I'll do organizational design. We'll look at a company and how it's aligned, where are jobs fitting in, who is reporting to who, or maybe it shouldn't be at all. But we look at the org design to make sure that we're maximizing efficiencies and that we're operating as, as quickly and smoothly and easily as we can. And some of the other things that we do are around facilitation of offsites, not to use a, a niche term here, offsites, but just um, meetings, right? So mm-hmm. whether it's a, a regularly planned staff meeting or an annual meeting where the company comes together, I help plan and facilitate those. Well, and those are important. You know, I, I want to say before you go on, as far as the, you know, offsites are important because if you're going to spend the time and money on that, whether it's meant to be, you know, a team building thing or it's supposed to be about, you know, education or development or whatever it is, I think that if you're going to spend the money on those, then they need to be to, to not to overuse the word, but strategic. Right. You know, what is it? Is, you know, is your culture lacking in communication or camaraderie or whatever? And so it's an opportunity to to bring that up, you know, and the culture piece is also really important in the fact that you work to understand what's going on in the office. So I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, that was, I know. No, that's great. I did just want to highlight one of my favorite things that I do with clients is an HR review. And what this is, is it's oftentimes when I initially engage with a client is I will work with them to basically do a, a diagnostic. I will meet with individuals, leadership, employees. I'll look at all their different types of documentation related to the organizational design or anything related to people, whether it's performance reviews or goal setting documents or employee handbooks or even employee files. I'll look at all of that and then I will come together and present them with a document which explains these are the areas that you could work on to get the highest return on your investment. And that tends to be a very well-received service that I offer. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think of it in, I mean, you know me so well, so Mm -hmm. you know that I speak in metaphor and analogy. So I love it. I'm thinking of it as like a house, right? And you're basically looking at energy efficiency almost. Mm -hmm. So where are there drafts where you're losing money or, you know, where are there redundancies where two people don't need to do the same thing? Mm -hmm. And so talking about zone of genius, you know, Do the two people need to do the same thing or can they each operate in their zone of genius and one person does it, which frees up the person to do something else, which then is a greater use of their time? Or is one of the people like the pits and you need to get rid of them? Mm -hmm. And so time is money and money is Mm, money. And so all of those little drafty corners that need to be you know, sealed up. up. (laughs) Basically, essentially, that's what you're doing. You're checking to make sure that it is for lack of a better word, energy efficient. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great way of putting it. And maybe you should speak on my behalf a little more often. Well, you know, (laughs) what can I say? So it's, I mean, this whole idea of being a strategic partner is really important because you're a touchstone, making sure that, you know, everything that's related to HR, what about things like handbooks and that kind of thing? Yeah. So that's the stuff that a lot of times my clients don't like to do that I help out with. There's a couple of those things. Handbook falls squarely in that. I absolutely do handbooks. The thing about handbooks that I do love to talk about (laughs) is that that is a entry point to conversations about how leaders are 
forming their culture. Mm-hmm. So decisions that they make on their policies or their practices or, you know, some of the legal compliance aspects is, is it's really about the culture that they're creating. And so, so the employee handbook is, they're important, right? They, most companies need to have them depending on their situation. And do I do them? Yes. But the real value is in the conversation that we have about what to put in that employee handbook, why you should be doing it and why you're making those decisions. Right. I imagine that some, there's probably a third of it is we have to put this in because in the same way that now McDonald's has to say caution, yes, coffee is hot, hot, you know, you have mm-hmm. to put in all of that legalese, as you say. Yep. Then there is the, you know, like whether it's dress code or hours suggested right. that you keep or, you yep. know, whatever. That's a big part of that mm-hmm. culture that has to start from the top up. Are you going to be virtual? Or are you not? Mm-hmm. In, in another time. I and then guess. I'm sure that there's, but, you know, and then a third of, you know, a mishigash of other mm-hmm. things. Absolutely. So, so they're important because not because of that tangible, oh, you need to go read your employee handbook, but because of the conversations and the decisions that are result as what goes into that handbook. So that's important. The other two things I would just add that clients don't like to do that I do are employee file audits, I-9 audits, it's the compliance, the legal stuff coming back in. Oh, there and it is. then the other one is, and this is a real recent one, is I've done a lot of planning for COVID response. So either closing down an office, reopening the office, you got to put in place protocols and processes in order to be in compliance with the governor and everything that's put on by the state and federal, but also just what are best practices. And fortunately, I have a wonderful HR community that we all share a lot of support and information and resources. So all those best practices. That's, Mm -hmm. it's interesting because, you know, that's the kind of thing that you don't know until you know. Exactly. And then all of a sudden it's here and you have to hurry scurry to, to Mm -hmm. kind of circle the wagons and figure out what to do. Yep. Okay. So Given the fact that you work in something that can be fairly structured, because, well, I mean, this is what I'm saying. So, Little Miss Gray. I do. I like to live in the gray and work in it. So, then it must look different now that you're working from home than it did when you were in a corporate environment. Uh, Yes, definitely so. But my life got so much more gray when everybody else decided to start working from home, too, including everybody in my family. My husband works from home. My kids go to school from home. The dog can't figure out why we're there all the time. I don't think that was your question. But Well, I mean, how do you think even pre-COVID? Yeah. I imagine it looks different because you get to create it. I do. And and that's why I love what I do so much now. Because now that I'm a consultant, I can share what I'm best at. I mean, you've mentioned a few times, you know, your zone of genius that feels a little uncomfortable for me in terms of explaining that, but it is, it's what I bring to the table. The, what I bring to the table is that no two days are the same. And I love that. And all of my clients have different needs. And so every day my work looks different. And I, again, I can't eat the same thing for a meal, two meals in a row or two days in a row, how can I, how could I ever do work that was the same every day? (laughs) Well, and you know what, that's actually great for small business owners who, you know, not everyone has all of their employees that are 
on site. And right. so actually you can speak to it and know that, yes, you can be productive, you can get things done. Mm-hmm. And that at the end of the day, is it about having hours or responsibilities? Right. Exactly. So, all right. We're going to take yes. a quick break. Okay. And then when we come back, um, we're going to talk more about Look Within. Wonderful. All right. We'll be right back with Jennifer Harris. Are you, your family, or team struggling to make good health and lifestyle choices? Perhaps you're stuck in a cycle that's leaving you disillusioned about your home and work life, your relationships, or more commonly, yourself. I believe health is an inside job. By working with someone on your health goals, you can better articulate and achieve what those goals are. And that's what I do. My name is Susie Berger. I'm an integrative nutrition health coach. I invite you to schedule a free consultation at gatherforhealth.com. That's gather, the number four, health.com. Welcome back to Plateau Partners Pulse. I am here with Jennifer Harris of Look Within. We're going to talk about your name. However, there is something else that I want to talk about. You talked about the nitty gritty things that you do. Mm -hmm. What are some other things that you do? Some things that are maybe the daily ins and outs of HR, because honestly, for me, all of it would be hideous, nitty gritty. <laughs> I don't want to do it. So I realized that no. in focusing on the stuff that is like, oh my gosh, nitty gritty that people aren't thinking of, yep. that there's also stuff that maybe some people are, but as a solopreneur myself, mm-hmm. um, I don't need to worry about it. Although sometimes I feel like someone should call HR on me. No. But... I realized that I am doing you and potential clients a disservice by not also talking about, you know, the other stuff you do. Sure. Absolutely. So share. Well, and I think I mentioned earlier um, in one of your questions about, oh, it was the, is uh, the hiring and the firing, right? There's so much in between it. And so, of course, I do spend the predominant amount of my time with my clients on either organizational or employee sorts of topics and related issues. And so as I look at kind of my list of all these different things, it's again, every day is so Her literal list, by the way, my literal list. And so but I look at it very fondly. Because it's so it's so diverse. It's so different. So, you know, there's the aspect of um, we say recruitment, right, or hiring there. That is a need for small businesses. And it's a challenge a lot. But there's a lot more that goes into than just hiring. Right. So I work through that process with my clients about what the minute they think they need to hire. The question I ask is, why can you figure it out somewhere else? Is there an employee that maybe could be doing something different? Is there somebody that is ready for a promotion that maybe you need to think about succession planning instead? They need to, dare I say it, look look within. within. (laughs) Yes. And so it starts with the recruitment strategy, right? And thinking through that and planning. But then once you hire somebody... Then it's how do you get them onboarded? How do you train them? How do you make them successful? How do you build them up? Some of the other things I work on are employee engagement. I have I can't tell you how many times I have asked a client, so how do you think your staff feels about that? How do you how do you think they are feeling? Are they happy? Do they feel good? And so many times they're like, I don't know. How would I know that? Right. But then there's the whole employee life cycle too. Employee life cycle is from goal setting, right? What are you supposed to be doing? What are you supposed to be focusing on as an employee to presenting feedback both ways, right? Both to Mm -hmm. your manager and back to the employee to looking at performance review process, performance review templates, the conversation, compensation, making sure that you're providing equal 
internal equity, I should say, across your employees from a compensation and benefits perspective. I also like to look at, I really like to look at total rewards, which is not just the compensation of how much money do you make, Mm -hmm. but what are all the other elements of how you reward your employees? How do you make them feel engaged? How do you make them feel happy to work there and that they're worthwhile? There's a lot of elements that goes into total rewards. And then of course, there are times when employees are things aren't going well with them. So you do have your low performers. And how do you give that feedback? How do you hold your employees accountable? How do you stay on top of that? I do a lot of manager 101 trainings. So how do you keep your managers up and running and make sure they know how they're working with their employees and being setting them up for success? There's a lot of things. And then, of course, there is sometimes terminations, right? There are the firings. But I really do think that you should work with an HR person before you do that. I know that we are an at-will state, and I will honor that up and down. But so there's a lot of work to be done. We live in a litigious we world. do live in a very you have to be world. very careful and you mm-hmm. have to have everything very documented. So folks, Stacey, are you speaking from experience? I, I just know those two <laughs> things. I know enough that you better make sure that you have every T crossed and every I dotted I before you get rid Absolutely. of somebody. Absolutely. So that's why you need to work with somebody like yourself. Yeah. And I I think the benefit of how I work, I'm kind of your on-demand HR person. So the one thing I do want to be clear about is that I am not an on-staff HR person. I'm a consultant. And so the, the best part about how I work with my clients is they engage with me. We, I get to know their business. I get to know their business goals and then I'm as needed, right? So there's an HR project. It could be any of these things that I just talked about. It could be about promotions. It could be about a performance review. It could be about an employee investigation or an employee relations issue, but they, they get me as they need me, right? It's not, oh, I have this recurring expense on my staff that Mm -hmm. I have to pay every month. It's, I have Jennifer. She knows my business. She knows me as a leader. She knows my employees. And I know that I can call her when I need her. And that's, that's why it works so well for small businesses. And I believe that it gives employees a sense of security to know that there is an HR person. Yes, absolutely. And that HR is there really for the benefit of the employees Mm -hmm. and for their protection and everything. So to know that your employer values you enough to have somebody there to make sure that they're taken care of, Mm -hmm. that says something. Yes. you. uh, Those are some of the words I have heard from one of my clients almost to the T. And I am not. And it's not you. I know. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. So before we wrap up, I, I know, well, I don't know how you came up with your name, but clearly there's a correlation between the tattoo that you got when you took your time Mm -hmm. and you realized that you needed to look within. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden you're look within HR consulting. So Yes. Talk to me about that. So what happened? So it's uh, August of 2017, and I'm on vacation with my family at the beach. And my husband and I, we we head out to the back of this house that we're renting, and we're in the hot tub. And do I do I want to know what's I, going on in the hot well, tub? I was just it was almost <laughs> like I needed to pause to see what Stacy would come up with. I'm on like, that. I know you have two kids, and they're older than <laughs> two years or three at this point. So no, clearly, it's not nothing, that kind okay. of story. All right, okay, all right, sorry. Okay, 
See, so even though I'm an HR person, I'm a fun HR person. If that doesn't just tell you there. So there you go. So anyways, we're sitting out in the hot tub. And at that point, kind of this idea of working with small businesses and going into consulting, I decided I didn't want to go back to corporate America. I'd kind of made this big decision, right? But the last part of it, that icing on the cake was what do I name my company? Because that's really important to me, right? So we're sitting there and I say, my husband's name is Lee. And I say to him, I'm like, what? I need a name. And I, it's really important. I don't, I don't just want it to be Jennifer Harris or something boring like that. Right. Right. And he looks at me and he has kind of this, which Stacy knows Lee, so she can probably envision this. He kind of corks his head and looks at me and says, have you looked at your wrist? <laughs> and literally... I pause and I move my head and I look over at my wrist and I said, I kind of scrumpled my face, which I do, especially mm-hmm. when I think it's, it's so cute. crazy. That's so cute. I scrum, I crunched my face and I said, I can't name it my tattoo. And he looked at me and he goes, why not? And then I paused and I said, because what if I fail? And he said, you're looking at it the wrong way. What if you succeed? And yes, I've never thought you more attractive than in this story. (laughs) And and honestly, he got up and left at that point. (laughs) He was like, mic drop. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, he's he's been one of my number one supporters, but he did leave and it, it left me to ponder. And so by the next morning, I thought. He's right. It took root. It totally took root. And the the piece that I think is so poignant here is that it wasn't just about what if I fail. It was this thing on my wrist was such a deeply personal experience of getting me to leave those golden handcuffs from corporate America and to try something different and go out and, and really take a huge risk. So that was super, super personal. And from a professional standpoint, I have always been out here, right? Mm -hmm. So I know you can't see my, my hand, but, but I show up one way professionally, personally, you know, I'm just a huge ball of fun, right, Stacey? Mm. But, but the point is, is that professionally I want to be, you know, I, there was a big separation for me. And so the idea of naming my company, something that was so incredibly personal was a huge hurdle for me to get past. And what I realized is that that's what my company was going to be about. My company was actually about combining the two, which was who I am personally and who I am professionally. Mm -hmm. And so that's here where I am. the power is. That is where the power is. And so I'm super excited that here I am three years later and I am successful. I love what I'm doing. And, and I'm you're very I know happy. your clients love you. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, it was it was pretty telling when I reached out to them to ask for, you know, these words that described me. And, you know, I got a little goosebumps there because it was, you know, it just it kind of felt like things had come full circle. And so I just I love that story because it was that moment where I said, it's OK if there's a personal aspect to it. It, it is. And, you know, the thing is that I think people often forget with their professional lives, you know, when you're talking about, you know, the WAMUs or the Microsofts or the other big companies, it becomes a little obviously less personal. Yeah. But it started right. as personal. Mm-hmm. You know, it started mm-hmm. in a garage or it started with an idea. It started it in did. a hot tub. It and, did. you know, and so 
and why people do what they do. It's personal. You know, you you pick the things that you do for personal reasons and it becomes your professional journey. Mm -hmm. And so I think that we stop being authentic when we separate them. And I think that's Mm -hmm. what you experienced. It did. And I feel like I'm more authentic today than I've ever been. And and I'm happy because of it. So I feel like we need to hug. hug. (laughs) So we have to do something six feet apart. Um, I'll wave you a kiss. There you go. Like there the princess go. that you are. Okay. <laughs> now, if people yeah. want to work with you. Yes. How can they find you? There's two ways, both online. Um, the, the one would be either LinkedIn. There's a look within HR business page, but I also have my own page, which is Jennifer McKibben Harris, which is my full name. And then um, my website, lookwithinhr.com. And if people aren't sure if they need you, they mm-hmm. can reach out to you, set up a time and have the conversation before they commit to anything, correct? Oh, absolutely. I always do a meet and greet session for 30 minutes, complimentary, just to talk about where the business is, what they think they might need or what they're going through at that time. And then I let them know kind of if and how my services would apply and we go from there. So no commitment, but I'd welcome the conversation. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Miss Stacy. It's such my a president. fun conversation. Oh, well, I mean, whatever. <laughs> I have to say you are very good at what you do. Oh, thank you. And the fact that you really do bring a personal side to your professional space, it's one of the things that I truly admire about you. Mm, thank you. Even I though I hate it. what you do. <laughs> I know, but you know what? It's a necessary evil. It is, but you know, and I talked about that. Like there's so many things though that are are so exciting and positive. And that's the thing is I don't walk in with that silly red or that silly hat on that says HR anymore, right? I come in and I, you know, I got a seat at the table and I'm just here to be a resource. So there you go. Well, thanks again for joining us, Jennifer. Thank you. And keep listening because we've got more episodes of Plateau Partners Pulse with more members of our chapter, all of them fascinating.